Scripture reading this morning comes from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1-9. through 9. I encourage you to have your Bibles with you. Uh, flip there, uh, pull up the app, whatever you need to do to follow along. 2 Peter 3, verse 1. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people, for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth, men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. May God bless the reading of His Word. You know, we, uh, we have a problem uh, that produces many of the difficulties in our lives. But the cause of the problem is one that you probably would not guess, maybe at least your first guess. You know, the cause of many of the difficulties we face is love. We have a, we have a love problem. And that seems weird, doesn't it? That our problem is love. But that's exactly what our problem is. Uh, in our churches at times, in our communities, the problem is love. You would think the problem would be hate or greed or oppression or some type of injustice. But if you look at what Paul tells Timothy, you see that love is the problem. That is the problem that produces so much difficulty. So look at verse 1 again. Paul writes, you know, but understand this. He tells Timothy, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. And so what you need to know is that you know, the season that we're in is what the Bible refers to as the last days. And these times of difficulty that Paul is referring to, they were present in his day and they will continue to be present in varying degrees until the the return of Christ. But notice what causes these difficulties, these times of difficulty. In verse 2, Paul states that the cause of the difficulty is that people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, And then down in verse 4, he says, they will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. He also lists 16 other characteristics in just these few verses of these people. But I believe they all can be summed up as having to do with love. Love is the problem. Now, to be a little more specific, disordered love is the problem. Disordered love can be a, an overvaluing of something or an undervaluing of something. The idea is that love is not ordered properly. And because of this disorder, people live in ways that cause difficulty. You know, the word translated difficulty means um, troublesome, 
or dangerous. And so when you have a community filled with these types of people, then that community becomes difficult, troublesome, and even dangerous for those who follow Jesus. So to get a better understanding of how this works, I want us to first look at the disordered loves that Paul mentions. And then we'll look at how to properly order our love. Okay, so the first disordered love he mentions is that people become lovers of self. Now, what does someone's life look like when they love self above all else? You may think that you can just spot them automatically, that there's some kind of, kind of hunched over evil person you know, lurking in the darkness, but that's not always the case. True that Paul does say in verse 2, these people are prideful and arrogant and abusive, and they are. But also notice in verse 5, what does he say about these people? He says they have the appearance of godliness. So, in extreme cases, you may be able to spot these people. uh, But many times they just blend in. They even blend in with the church. Which is why Paul tells Timothy, you need to understand this. You need to discern what's going on. So, here's one way you can tell if someone is a lover of self. As long as things go their way, they can maintain the appearance of godliness. Right? As long as things go their way, and as long as they get what they want, as long as people think of them the way they want them to think of them, they can maintain the appearance of godliness. But when things don't go their way, or something threatens their reputation, then you will see what they love the most by how they respond. And if they are lovers of self, then their pride and arrogance will lead to abuse uh, or insult in one shape or form. Because Jesus said it this way, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. One commentator explains the lover of self this way. Listen to what he says. I think this is a great picture. Just get this picture in your mind. In his heart, there is a little altar where he bows down before himself. And in his eyes, there is something which looks at all men with a silent contempt. In his heart, there's this little altar where he bows down to himself. It's almost like he has the altar and there's a mirror right there. And he's bowing down to himself. He is on the throne. And I wonder, is that you? Do you love yourself above all else? Well, the way you can tell is just look at your life. You know, your life is like a tube of toothpaste. You know, when it's squeezed, whatever's inside comes out. And so when things don't go your way or your reputation is threatened, what comes out? Is it it pride, arrogance, insult, abuse? If so, you may be a lover of self. Well, let's look at the second disordered love Paul mentions. He says that these people will be lovers of money. Again, you know, these people at times may have the appearance of godliness. Like he says in verse 5. They could have the appearance of godliness 
But Paul also says these people will be unappeasable. They will never be satisfied and will always try to claw their way to more wealth and they'll do whatever it takes. Paul says they are ungrateful. They are unholy. You know, they focus more on what they don't have than what they do have. They lack generosity because their love of money causes their fist to clench so tightly to their bank account, not one cent comes through. I mean, they love money. And their love of money uh, causes ethics to be relative. It doesn't matter what's right or wrong. What matters is how can I get more money? It doesn't matter how I treat people, what I do, how do I do it, but it's all about getting more money. They're lovers of money. And I wonder, is that you? At the altar of your heart, you know, are you bowing down to the almighty dollar? Here's one way you can tell. If something happens to cause your bank account to decrease or your retirement account to decrease, do you get depressed or just extremely angry? If so, money may be on that altar and you may be bound down to it. You may be a lover of money. Let's look at this, this third disordered love, which is the love of pleasure. You know, just like the love of self and the love of money, it's possible to have the appearance of godliness and love pleasure above all else. Because like the other two, love is what happens within the heart before it makes its way out through the life. And so it's possible you know, to go to church, to go to Bible study, and at the same time, be pursuing pleasure outside of God's design. And, and in verse 3, Paul says this. He says, these people are incontinent. Now this word incontinent is often used by medical professionals to describe someone who has lost control of their bodily functions. They are physically incontinent. But Paul is saying that the person with disordered love is incontinent. Meaning that they have lost proper control of their actions because they have wrongly elevated a good thing and have made it the ultimate thing. And once you've done that, you become incontinent. You lose self-control because you're no longer controlled by... your. who God is, what God wants for you, but you're controlled by what you put on that altar. And so if it's the love of pleasure, you're incontinent. You do whatever it takes to pursue personal gratification. Paul Tripp put it this way. Listen to what he says. He says, and you can insert man, woman into these uh, gender references here, but listen to what he says. So if a man's heart is ruled by sexual pleasure... He will put wonderful things in his life at risk in pursuit of this thing that he is convinced he cannot live without. Or if someone's heart is ruled by the pleasure of food, he will eat the wrong things way too often and in much too great a quantity. Meanwhile, he will ignore the empirical evidence of weight gain, hypertension, and diabetes that are God-given warning signs that he is serving the wrong master. And you can put whatever you want to put in there as far as the pursuit of pleasure. For here he says sexual pleasure and food. But the love of pleasure, the lover of pleasure is incontinent because what they love most 
won't allow them to put anything above personal gratification. Because if pleasure is your God, then nothing can be higher. And it leaves you incontinent. So I wonder, is this you? You're at the altar of your heart. Are you bowing down to the pursuit of pleasure? And so we've looked at these three disordered loves now. Lover of self, lover of money, lover of pleasure. And so now let us try to understand what it looks like to have our love properly ordered. Okay? You know, one characteristic of all of these disordered loves is that, and they all have this in common, is that they're all good things. You notice that? They're all, they're all good things. I mean, uh, you should love yourself because God made you. God loves you. Christ died for you. I mean, you are highly valuable in His sight. You should love yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem is not you loving yourself. The problem, the problem is you loving yourself above everything else. You look at money. Money is simply a thing that can be used for good. There's nothing wrong with making money, spending money, saving money, giving away money. But the problem is when you put making money as your reason for living. The problem is when you love money above all else. Pleasure is the gift of God. One, one writer said pleasure is like the dessert of life. Meant to be enjoyed. But the problem is when pleasure is when pleasure becomes priority. C.S. Lewis in his book Mere Christianity explains disordered love this way. He says pleasure, money, power, and safety are all, as far as they go, good things. The badness consists in pursuing them by the wrong method or the wrong way or too much. Lewis writes in another place, he says... But living a just and holy life requires one to be capable of an objective and an impartial evaluation of things. To love things, that is to say, in the right order. So that you do not love what is not to be loved, or fail to love what is to be loved, or have a greater love for that which should be loved less, or an equal love for things that should be loved less or more, or a lesser or greater love for things that should be loved equally. In other words, you need to have your love properly ordered. And when you, when you all, when you all kind of you come down to it, the, the bottom line is, the only way we can do this is by loving God above all else. And the only way that we can love God is to realize that He first loved us. And the only way that that can happen is through believing the Gospel. Because God demonstrates His love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So it's through the Gospel of Jesus Christ that we understand the love of God. You cannot understand the love of God apart from Christ. And so, the only way we can know and experience the love of God is through faith in Christ. It's through faith in Christ that we learn of God's love for us. It's through faith in Christ that we have a proper knowledge of truth. It's through faith in Christ that we are placed in a right relationship with, with God. And it's through faith in Christ that we can properly order our loves. Jesus tells us, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. See, when you put God first because He deserves to be first, He's the only one that can bear the weight of being first. When you put Him first, then you can order your loves properly. This is why Jesus said, the first and greatest commandment is to love God. And once you do that, then you can understand how to love everything else. And He gives us the order. God, neighbor, self. God, neighbor, self. And it's through our relationship with God that we learn how to properly love our neighbor. How to properly love ourselves. How to properly approach things like money and pleasure. But when our love is disordered, it creates difficulty. Not only for ourselves, and you all have seen this. Not only for you, but for those around you. And this is why Paul tells Timothy, you need, to, you need to avoid those people that are trying to put anything other than God on the throne of their lives. Because they're bringing difficulty. They're bringing trouble. They're bringing danger. To a church, but also to a community. So don't let these people convert you to their religion, which is a religion based on disordered love. And we see it all around us. It's a religion that leads to the breakdown of the way God intended life to be lived. So if you find yourself being evangelized by the disordered love of self, money, or pleasure, you need to tell the evangelist you know, that the throne of your life is already occupied. It's occupied by the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you find your heart bowing down at the altar to something other than God, then you need to be quick to confess it to God and ask Him to help you reorder your love in a way that is pleasing to Him and according to His Word. Let us pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word that, that warns us about what breaks down life, what causes us to go away from You. But we also are so grateful for Your Word that tells us how to properly order our love. That we ought to love You first above all else. And then You show us how to properly love everything else that You give us. God, we are so grateful for Your kindness. I pray for every person here in this room and also who, who are listening online that where they would look at the altar of their heart and they would ask themselves, what am I bowing down to? What is driving my life? Am I a lover of self, money, pleasure, safety, security? What is it? What am I bowing down to? Lord, and if we're bowing down to anything other than you, God, would you show that to us Help us to be quick to confess that. And Lord, would you allow us to properly order our love so that we can love you, love our neighbor, love ourselves, and enjoy life that, this life that you've given us the way you would have us to enjoy it. That we would not be people that are bringing difficulty and trouble and danger everywhere we go, but people that are bringing life, goodness, beauty everywhere we go because we're representing a properly ordered love that begins with you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.